Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer on episode 189 of the Speaking Club podcast. We're coming up to the end of September and I think it's my duty to pass on this handy parenting tip for those of you who have or look after younger children. And I used it to the max with my daughter Izzy. So with Christmas on the horizon, it's never too early to take advantage of Father Christmas, his naughty list and the elves running covert surveillance on his behalf to motivate good behaviour. A quick double take with a, oh my goodness, did you see that? Should start the process off nicely. And of course, those of you who want to go all out can use that elf on the shelf to really up the drama. Hope you find that useful and you're welcome. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello again. I hope you're having a productive and profitable week. Did you like my parenting tip? Have you used it yourself in the past to good effect? More on that later. Now, as you know, I believe that speaking is marketing. It's an opportunity to influence and inspire an audience to make a change. But getting anyone to shift perspective and do something differently is as challenging as getting a river to alter its course. For most of us, the status quo is more comfortable and subconsciously feels safer, even if it isn't leading us to where we say we want to go. So, when you only have a short amount of time with your audience, how can you possibly motivate them to take action? Well, that's what this show is all about. I'm going to be sharing with you the dynamics of change so that you understand what levers you need to pull. And then I'm going to show you how to move your audience in the direction you want them to go. Right, let's get into it. So first of all, let's talk about the dynamics of change. Now, I've certainly touched on this in other episodes, but it's vital for you to understand the mechanics of change so that you know how and why you can influence people. Okay, first comes a thought. Then comes the feeling or emotion caused by that thought. Then comes the action or behavior. Now, that thought might be based on an existing belief. And as I'd shared before, a belief is just a thought we continue to think, which is normally based on a story that we've told ourselves about something that's happened. Now, as you can see, at the root of the action or behavior you want to influence is the thought or belief. So that's what you need to tackle first. And if you want people to think differently, you need to give them a compelling enough reason to do so. That is why you need to understand what your audience desires most and fears most in relation to the problem you're talking about. And here's an important point that I want you to remember, though. People are generally in two camps, those who are moving towards something or those who are moving away from something. But... Avoiding what you don't want 
is a bigger motivator than desire for everyone. And that's where we come to the talents of Mr. Charles Dickens and our friend Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, I've certainly mentioned the works of Charles Dickens on the podcast before because his stories were a big catalyst for social change in Victorian times. And a quick aside here, Charles Dickens didn't have a full or fancy education to become the great story writer he was. At the age of 12, his father was thrown in debtor's prison and Charles had to go and work in a factory for three years in appalling conditions. In fact, it was probably his experience in that factory that influenced his writing the most. But of all the brilliant novels that Charles wrote, the one I want to touch on today is A Christmas Carol. Do you know this story? My daughter Izzy absolutely loves the Muppets version of this, which I've had to enjoy many a time. And She's even gone and got a great big old Kermit the Frog tattoo on her leg which I wasn't too sure about, certainly bigger than I thought, but she is 20, so what can you do? Anyway, if you don't know the story, in a nutshell, at the start, Ebenezer Scrooge is a greedy, selfish man, consumed by a love of money, who hates Christmas and treats people very badly. And he even said, every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Oh, that's mean. And on Christmas Eve, his sleep gets disturbed by a visitation from the ghost of his former business partner, Jacob Marley. Jacob was also in love with money, but he wasn't as bad or as unkind as Scrooge. Now, Jacob's ghost is laden with chains, which he's dragging behind him. And he warns Scrooge that if he doesn't change, that he'll end up in an even worse situation for the rest of eternity. Now, Jacob tells Scrooge that before Christmas Eve is over, he will be visited by three more apparitions. That's just a posh word for ghost, by the way. The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. And over the course of that night, Scrooge is shown the happier times of his past, how he used to be, and how others' lives have turned out. He's shown the appalling conditions that some of his employees are living in in the present and yet the happiness that they find together. And then he's shown his future. And it's a bleak future where his death causes more celebration than mourning. And he's so affected by what he's seen that on Christmas morning he wakes up a completely different man, giving up the pursuit of money in exchange for the pursuit of goodwill to all and lots of geese for people's Christmas dinner because they didn't have turkey in those days. Anyway, so what the ghost showed Scrooge that evening created a burning platform for change. It made him see that his current thinking and behaviour would lead to unbearable pain and suffering for him and others and that made change compelling. And what Charles Dickens did in this novel to Scrooge is what you need to do to your audience in relation to their thoughts and the behaviour that you want to influence relating to the problem that you solve. You have to get them to travel forward in time and see the future that will happen if they carry on as they are. A future that incorporates what they want to avoid most. 
Now, obviously, this only works if you know your audience and you understand their problems, pain and fears about the future. And if you don't spend the time to develop this understanding, then your talks will never have the impact you want. Your potential will be unfulfilled. Your audience and your business won't grow and life will be bleak. Did you see what I did there? Anyway, however, the extra thing that you'll be doing after you've painted that picture of what they don't want is to paint a picture of what the future could be like for your audience if they do make a change. And that's when you let them know about your solution for helping them make that change. Oh, and this also works in one-to-one conversations. Your job, though, in those situations is to get the client to articulate these possible futures themselves. By telling these stories about what may come to pass in the future, you are leading the audience to have an epiphany, just as Scrooge did. You're the tour guide, and it's their decision to make the change. It is important, though, to paint the picture of the future they don't want first, based on the point I made earlier that we're more influenced to act on our fears rather than our desires. And do you know what? This is a strategy that's been used for centuries and it even works to get people to believe in something they have no tangible evidence for. Don't believe me? How about heaven and hell? Now, I grew up a Catholic And I can vividly remember being scared stiff of what might happen if I was a bad person. And, have you noticed, there are far more paintings and vivid descriptions of hell than there are of heaven. And then, of course, there's Father Christmas. My tongue-in-cheek advice at the start of the show is another example of where parents are using this same strategy to influence and change behaviour. If you're naughty... You'll wake up on Christmas morning with no presents. And if you're good, you'll get what you want. So you can see that this is a powerful tool. And this is where I bring in my Uncle Tom's Spider-Man note of caution here. With great power comes great responsibility. So it's really important you get the balance right. You want to paint the picture, but you don't want to prey on people's fears. One of the ways that you can use this strategy as a speaker or marketer is to use your own origin story to talk about how you made a change and what the future would have been like if you hadn't and what it's like as a consequence of solving the problem and pain you had. And of course, you can also use the stories of your client and customer's transformations, those case studies. And you can also use this strategy for your snackable content Those stories that you use in your talks uh, to tackle objections, the smaller ones, the anecdotes, or as live videos. And you can often paint the pictures you need to in just a few words, if you know how. Okay, so the last thing that I want to say on this, and I've already mentioned it, and in fact, it's something I bang on about all the time, is that the most critical tool for making this strategy work and indeed making your whole talk engaging and attention grabbing for your audience is that you have to have a deep understanding of them. Okay, so here are your takeaways for this episode. You have to change the thought before you can change the behaviour. People are more likely to take action to avoid what they don't want rather than get what they want. 
Time travel is our friend in motivating change. I love time travel films. Hot Tub Time Machine, Back to the Future, all love them. And you should use stories to show what will happen if they do nothing or take action. Your origin story and case studies are great stories to use for this strategy. And you can also use it in your snackable content. Be responsible with how you use this tool. We don't want to prey on people's fears, so get the balance right. And lastly, the critical ingredient for using this strategy is a deep understanding of your target audience. There we are. So I hope that's given you some new ideas. And I'd love to hear from you if it has. Drop me a line. Give me a message on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at Sarah Archer 15 Okay, so I also mentioned snackable content. And I wanted to let you know that I'll be opening the doors to another snackable story challenge very soon. And in just five days, I will show you how to find and craft your personal stories to create engaging, snackable content that will grow your audience. And you're not only going to get a training course, but you get live coaching with me too. What more could you want? And the results that we've had in previous challenges have been amazing. Oh, and did I mention it's completely free. If you want to find out more about that challenge, head over to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge to grab your space. Well, that's it for me. Thank you for listening again. It's lovely being here with you. And if you enjoy the show and get value from it, please, would you take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review if you haven't already done so? Uh, that's over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. And finally, as usual, do go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.